You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. It's the Chameleon Church Show once again. My name is Alan Aguirre. I'm your host. Coming to you live and direct from the Wasatch back of northern Utah. It is August 3rd. And this is uh, our co-host, Lenny Prada. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Looks like a sunny day here. It's... um, so we woke up yesterday and actually had to put on clothes. It's like all of a sudden it's fall. Well, they showed flooding in Salt Lake. Yeah, we got some good rain apparently the other night. But what's wow. really bizarre is, like I said, it's like automatically fall. Yeesh. Crazy. That's coming quick. Yeah. Yeah, just like I don't even think it got into the 70s. Maybe it got into the low 70s yesterday. Hey, um, don't forget to like subscribe hit the little dingy little bell there leave a comment do all that social media stuff so we can stay online there you go yeah so that we can uh continue to do this you know baby needs diapers that kind of thing so i mentioned last night how we don't i never know what i'm going to talk about i don't actually know what i'm talking about i thought maybe we could bring up a couple things um because you know why not you know what let's but we'll wait because it's only we've only been on for like 10 minutes no no we've been on for five minutes that's it how are we going to do this for an hour plus i'm already done (laughs) i've got nothing to say Uh, you had some really good stuff last night before i had to get out of there it was really interesting yeah we made fun of you after you left that's good. I told everybody to definitely sign in to this morning because you had a bunch of wisdom you were going to lay out on us. Oh, really? I only said that because you weren't around to, to, to vend yourself. I had an interesting conversation yesterday with somebody. So, Oh, yeah? Who would you have an interesting conversation with? It was with my brother. Oh, yeah? Which, uh, he was really... Um, Ron? Yeah, he was listening to Mario Murillo and Lance on the Flashpoint, was it? That'll, that'll get you in trouble. Oh, boy. And he was sharing some good stuff with what Mario was saying. And, you know, we we're just talking about it. I go, you know what? He's really, truly a prophet to the United States right now. Yeah. And uh, what he's saying is just really, really, really accurate. Now, are you talking about Mario Murillo? Yes. Yes. He's, um, he has, man, I'm telling you. He has been pulling no punches, man. No. He has been saying it the way it is for quite a while. Well, so he's the one that said when 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 Trump got into the presidency, he's the one that said, "Okay, here's our opportunity as the church. Don't squander this opportunity." Um, man, look how red my nose is. It's freaking me out. Here we have we have an opportunity here as a, as the body of Messiah. Don't blow it. We've been given a state of execution, and here's our opportunity. We've got four years 
to align ourselves with what the, the Holy Spirit is doing. And the mainstream church said, no, there's no way this is God. God would never do this. God would never put a man like Trump in there, even though there's, you know, it was vetted by, you know, it was prophesied by vetted prophets. But then these mainstream church people also don't believe in prophecy, let alone prophets for today. Yeah. So they're saying, no, you're wrong. So we're like, well, wait a second. This is how ignorant and this is how stupid you are. If I, I don't care whether you believe in prophecy or prophets or not, if I say eight to 12 years before it actually happens that there's going to be a Donald Trump presidency and then it happens, are you really, what are the words used in the New Testament to, uh, to describe someone as stupid, moronic, idiotic, and mindless as that? Let me see. Uh, you don't have a heart of flesh. You had a. You have a heart of stone. If you look up, I, I, I actually have a list of those things in here. I have a list of those words that Jesus used to describe these people. And simple-minded, naive, uh, those who don't think, lacking shrewdness, inexperience. Uh, they're, they're not clever, clever. They're not shrewd. They're not as, right? Be as wise as serpents. They're not, no, they're not any of that. They're just really, really, really stupid people. Listen to what Second Timothy calls them. Check this out. And these are believers. These are not the world. It says, and the, and the reason why they're not believing in the prophetic, they'll be lovers of self, lovers of money. Boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And he's talking to the believer. Yeah, it's, 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 they don't, they lack discernment. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I didn't know we were going to do this. I'm going to read a part out of this. Check sure. it out. Let's go. I'm constantly, I'm, I'm on page 44. I'm constantly championing the critical importance of discernment. I haven't a clue how one could even consider succeeding in this walk of faith without it. If the Christian life is indeed spiritual, which it is, then having spiritual discernment is a must in order to walk it out effectively and fruitfully. Some people have discernment, others don't. Discernment can be taught and learned, and it is an indispensable and foundational characteristic that needs to be present in our ever-growing arsenal. About this, we have much to say, and it, is a, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That's Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. The lack of discernment, physical and or spiritual, is synonymous with being dull of hearing, unskilled, childish, and immature, just in the above passage from Hebrews alone. The disciples' inability to grasp the teachings of Jesus was 
attributed to their lack of understanding, for example, in Matthew 15, 16, where the Greek word for understanding is asunidos, a strong Greek 801, meaning unintelligent, stupid, foolish. One of the spiritual gifts that we'll look into later is the discernment of spirits, a gift that Jesus functioned in and bestowed on the disciples. This is a very important gift, and the lack of it leads to unsound spiritual conclusions, situations, and belief systems. Can anyone say that Marxist three-letter acronym? Uh, uh, and uh, we, must we must have our powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. If not, evil's going to take over. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't care if you don't. Okay, so I understand that you don't believe in prophets, and you don't understand, and you don't believe in prophecy. I understand that. I understand that you don't. Okay, that's because you're that guy. You're you're that you're that guy. You're you're, you're everything we just described that you're not supposed to be, which is why you don't believe in prophets and prophecy. But if I can show you, and I have, and I have been able to do that, we, we can show people how 8 to 12 years before it happened, it was prophesied. So whether you believe in prophets or prophecy or not is besides the point. We have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that vetted prophets prophesied a Trump presidency and you failed to recognize it then and you're failing to recognize it now and you are going na 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 and they did that for four years. And so what happens? Well, when you, when you, as a believer, when you, when you do away with, when you resist, when you shut out, when you demonize the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, you have opened up, not, a, not, you haven't given a little, no, you've opened up the back door the front door and all the windows to the demonic to come in and ransack you, your marriage, and especially your children. And that's what happened. And so the enemy came in through the front door, through the back door, and through the windows and successfully ransacked the majority, uh, the the majority of mainstream Christendom, with a three-letter acronym, which is, by their own definition, Marxist and occultish, and with the with the agenda to destroy the family unit in America. That is about as godless as it gets, and they were a uh, uh, um, a financial contributional uh, front. For the Democratic Party. You know, when you think about this, the righteousness right there, the reason we got on this subject was, is we're both reading Jeremiah at the same time. Hananiah was prophesying falsely. Remember, Jeremiah cursed him and he died that same summer. So it, it, he, went, he went into it after seeing that flashpoint. And I go, yeah, he is a, truly a prophet to the nation. He's calling out righteousness. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, you talk about the testimony of Jesus as a spirit of prophecy. I must have seven pages on that. And there were some things that were connecting to me. The Holy Spirit is to testify of the Son. I mean, there's a lot of different things it says about him. But his main thing is to testify of the Son so the Father's glorified. 
And remember, his primary work is to convince the world of righteousness, sin, and judgment. Yeah. And Mario Marillo is a prophet to our nation this at this time for our generation. And soon and very soon, jumping ahead like to Revelation 6 and 7, it's going to be the prayers and intercession of the saints that through their prayers is going to fill up the bowls in heaven that is going to release the justice of God when Jesus pulls the seal because of all the unrighteous deeds of men. And, you know, in the outcome, let's face it, that first time, a quarter of the population of the planet's gone. And it's yeah. Yeshua. It's Jesus doing it, not the devil. And so when you when you think about him as a vetted prophet and saying, America, wake up. Well, he's calling on righteousness. He's not calling on the furtherance of revival in the church. He's not calling on <laughs> uh, um, uh, President Trump. He's calling on the righteousness that was that was standing. That's important. Yeah, it, we're supposed to stand for that stuff. We're supposed to call it out. So, okay. so let's play this out. So, what happened? We have four plus years, right? Yeah. And so, and, and this is, and and here's another great way. So the first thing that happened to, to mainstream Christianity is they, they resisted the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. They demonized it. They said there's no way God would ever use a man like Trump. And then that's where that whole, the, the, the prophetic from Lance Wall now, prior to a Trump presidency, is so important because he calls out Isaiah 45. He's a, he's a Cyrus. God calls Cyrus his son, his anointed, and he's a pagan. He's not a believer. He's a pagan. But he's calling him all that because he's going to actually literally use that man to bring Israel back into the land through Nehemiah, Ezra, all that. So what happens? So we're given a state of execution according to, 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 to the prophet Mario Murillo, who I, I vet. I, I mean, I, I endorse him because I know the man. I've met him. Um, this and that and the other. And he's, and he's known and vetted by people that I know even more. Anyway, that's besides the point, right? I mean... Well, no, it is the point because if you should you should know that if you're going to listen to us <laughs> about who we're talking about and what we're talking about. So what happens? Right? So the four years go. So the mainstream church, because that's who he was speaking to, he was speaking to the church and going, look. And so the more the majority of the mainstream church said, No, blah, 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 blah. That's not God. And instead picked up the demonic, because that's the only thing you can do if you call yourself a believer. And you can you profess Christianity in Jesus, and you deny the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. There's only one thing that's going to happen to you, and that's the enemy. The enemy is going to come in, and he's going to ransack your house. And he's done that. The enemy has ransacked the house, right? So he comes in, and then here's what happens. All these, right? So people start prophesying a, a second term, a second term, a second term. And, and then the second term comes. And I... I don't know if this is going to get us in trouble with YouTube, but it was stolen. It was taken away. He, he, he won it and it was stolen. So then what happens? All these behind, wet behind the ear prophets start going, oh, I repent. I, I prophesied falsely to the nation publicly. I repent. I repent. I repent. Uh, that one guy stepped down from a prophetic ministry. What was his name? Um. Oh, man. 
he was he was hot there. He was a hot ticket there for a minute. He he stepped down prophetic. He publicly stepped down prof, pro, from prophetic ministry. Uh, type his name in the comments if you know who we're talking about. And then yeah. even Sean Bolts, yeah, he Bolts even even started apologizing and all that. Uh, I would yeah, Jeremiah Johnson. No, it wasn't Jeremiah Johnson. It was another guy. Was it Jeremiah Johnson? I don't know. Oh, that's in, that's Jeremiah Johnson, isn't that a uh, Robert Redford? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't send that. Oh man. Uh, so anyway, and then even Sean Bolt said something like, "Oh, I did wrong. I messed up." And then Mario comes out and he goes, "What's wrong with you guys?" He goes, "You're blowing it. You have nothing to apologize for. You prophesied correctly." The enemy came in and stole it. Why? Because we didn't do what we were supposed to do for the last four years. And everyone's like, that's not true. That's not true. You're wrong. You're wrong. And then what happened? Um, so that's so, all right. So we got all that going on. Now, yeah, it's not Obama's pastor. That guy's, that's, that guy's not even a pastor. Anyway, so, right. So all that's going on. And, um, I got unfriended by that one lady uh, years ago out of Spokane whose gems were falling out of the sky. Oh, yeah. She totally went against Trump and just started calling everybody false prophets. And I, I go, I literally said, you know what? You better watch the words coming out of your mouth. I go, sorry. She unfriended me. And wow. I'm going, she's still at it, too. And I'm going, oh. So, so right. So, all these people come out saying, "Oh, we 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 prophesied falsely. We prophesied incorrectly because Trump didn't win." Well, we all know the truth there. And yeah. these guys didn't stick to their guns, and I and they literally they blew it, man. They shouldn't have done that. So, what did Mario Murillo say? He's like, "Here's the proof text," and he busts out that that verse, that passage about the guy that was hit the ground three times, and the and the prophet told him, "Oh, dude, you should have kept hitting the ground." If you had keep, if you had kept hitting the ground, it would have been a instantaneous victory. But because you didn't keep hitting the ground and you stopped at three, it's it, you're still going to win, but it's going to cost lives and it's going to take a lot longer. He goes, he goes, that's what happened. Yeah. We stopped hitting the ground. We didn't take care of business. We didn't have the faith, and so right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that there's the proof text. Anyway, so Mario Murillo, because that's what we're talking about, has been calling it taking the church to task about everything i mean we're talking about everything about everything that happened in november everything that happened with the capital uh, everything that happened with the, the with 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 this with with this this uh, uh sickness people are are getting delta force remember that video game delta force yeah all that right <laughs> And he's been calling it out. These are our little our little words, uh, and he's been calling it out. And I'm like, this guy's got some some cojones, man. He's got some sand, and and only the older, mature prophets have stood by their have stood by their own words and by him. All the younger, uh, what behind the ear guys, not so much. Very disappointing. So it's interesting that you brought all this up because. So first of all, let's let's say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody, for being here. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to leave a comment. I want to see lots of hearts up there. Come on, come on, come on. Do all that social media crap you have to do to make us look good so that we can stay on the air and we can be come back here. I'm just kidding. We'll be back here and do our whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it. 
and so anyway, because I was thinking about that this morning. We we're you know because remember we we started talking about how I never know what we're gonna I never know what we're gonna talk about, and um, you know, I just never do. And then all of a sudden this happens. <laughs> then all of a sudden you trigger me. So I was thinking about this because I was thinking about the mainstream demographic. Here's and I was thinking about this. I saw here's something that's going on out there. Don't know if anybody knows this. I I'm, I feel comfortable sharing this because the mainstream media are sharing it. You guys see that? CNBC. CNBC is mainstream left wing media. This is part of their propaganda machine. CNBC. They're a they're they're considered you know right. They're safe news. These guys don't lie. CNBC tells you what they want you to know and what they want you to be told. Well, CNBC reported here on July 30th, Friday, a few days ago, that the CDC study, a CDC study, right? They're good, right? They're not, they're not uh, conspiracy theorists. It's the CDC. They're considered legit. CNBC part of the propaganda machine is considered legit. So we've got two legit sources here, so they can't shut down our, our, our YouTube channel for sharing this vetted, non-conspiratorial information. This is the narrative they want you to believe. The CDC study shows that 74% of people infected in Massachusetts COVID outbreak were fully vaccinated. Well, that's good to know because over the weekend in Chicago, Lollapalooza had their 30th anniversary three-day event and there are photos of Lollapalooza over the weekend in Chicago showing a gazillion people unmasked and you know there's no social distancing going on I mean six feet hell there's not even six inches it's you know it's a it's an outdoor concert so Obama had a party with 700 people invited praise Jesus no masking yeah. So I, I, I was thinking about this, and here's why I was thinking about it. Because is it possible that this veil that has been over everybody for, I mean, some of us see the tangible thick veil that has been over our society for almost two years now. Is it possible that people are starting to like lift the veil, like take a peek? You know, and, and and so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about that word the Lord gave me in October, live on this show, October first, twenty nineteen, where He said, "We're get, we're going to the next level, regardless of your maturity, regardless of you're saved or not, regardless, reg you have absolutely nothing to do with this." I'm taking the entire planet. Oh, I'm sorry for all you flat earthers. I'm taking everybody to the next level to the next stage it's not a graduation it's not a no it's not like you get to the new level like in a video game no we're going to the next level of the process of what god wants to do on this earth with these people we're going to the next level regardless of your maturity regardless if you're saved or not it doesn't matter we're going to the next god is taking all of us to the next level and he's saying enough and it's time for you to start spiritually adulting, and those of you in the church. And then, but, and here's the part I was thinking about. But if you haven't figured this stuff out by now, 
this is almost two years ago. This is October of 2019. If as a believer, you haven't figured out this stuff yet, discernment, speaking in tongues, healing the sick, fasting, not eating pork, keeping God's feast. Two years, two, almost two years ago in October, God was basically saying, if you haven't figured that stuff out, it's probably too late. You're not going to be able to because, see, the, the, the whole idea behind basic training, the whole idea behind battle training, the whole idea behind discipleship and spiritual warfare training is that you're doing it during peacetime, Muppet, is that you're doing it while you can, see, because once the war begins and you're sent to the front line, there's no time for you to start learning how to fight. It's, it's getting oil in your lamp and time. That's where I'm going next. I knew you were going there. I had a feeling. See, it's too late. Once you're on the front line, once you're in the battle, it's too late. There's, we can't train you. In fact, all we can do is look back and watch you die because I have to keep going forward because, see, I can't stay here. I can't go back. Remember the lepers? I got to go forward. And going forward, if... I can't bring you with me because you're going to get me killed. And that's where we get to the, 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 the virgins. Ten virgins, five of them ran out of oil. And so in October of 2019, God basically said, we're going to the next stage, regardless of who you are, regardless of your maturity, regardless. Everybody, the entire planet, the whole world, the globe is going to the next stage. And if you, as a believer, haven't figured these things out by now, it's probably too late. I spoke this prophetically on this show, October 2019, and guess what was ha guess what happened? Guess what was happening? And then I find out that Chuck Pierce, without me even knowing, basically said just about the same thing at the, around the same time. And here we are. And so, guess what happened in 2020? The majority of the church. Who ran, who don't, they don't, they didn't even run out of oil, Lenny. They don't even have any oil. That's right. Because they don't believe in the oil, right? If, oh, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Do you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in Pentecostal charismatica, speaking in tongues, healing the sick? And the majority will say no, because they don't. That's not for today. Those gifts aren't for today. See, so they don't even believe in the oil. I guarantee you, not believing in the oil means you've already ran out of it. See, just because you don't believe in the oil doesn't mean the oil doesn't exist. And so, you know, you know what I was thinking? In order for somebody to have the discernment to know this, they first have to believe. They have to believe yeah. in the Messiah, they, they have to believe they're redeemed. But they have to believe in the Messiah based on his. Exactly. Rules of engagement, not their denominations. No. Because, see, if you believe in Jesus based on your denomination, you don't know Jesus. You know, you don't know the testimony of Jesus if you don't know Genesis 1-1. And it starts there. What is Isaiah 46-10? If you want to know the end, go back to the beginning. And then the beginning was Yeshua. And it, it was him, the Messiah, from the beginning. Yeah. And so, and so that's why in D October of 2019, I said, if you don't understand this. So, so here, here's why I was thinking about that. 
I, uh, I have a pastor friend here in town. You know the man as well. He um, invited me out to go have a beer, and we did, and uh, we were talking about stuff. And uh, and he mentioned, so let me take you back about, uh, in tw- about three years ago, around this time three years ago, this pastor invited us, Chameleon Church, into his church to help him with his people, with his church people. He's in no the longer area. there, right? What's that? He's no longer there, right? Right. I'm, I'm going to get to that, yeah. So this pastor invited us into his church to help him with his people at his church bring in the power of Holy Spirit. And so we did. We showed up and we brought the power of Holy Spirit. And um, people were physically healed. People were spiritually, emotionally healed. They were healed from unclean spirits. There was, they were cast, we were casting out demons out of people. Blah, blah, blah. Well, not everybody in his church was on board with us being there, and especially especially the board. Comes down to apparently they're a Baptist church, but they've been dabbling in Charismatica, and they believe in all that stuff. What's oh, yeah. that? 20 years. Yeah, for they, well before I got there. Yeah, um, yeah. When I was there, they were doing it. Right, but apparently on paper they're a Baptist church. Right, and so the three there's so there's three people on the board that run this church because it's an old school Baptist way of doing things, and they basically told him you didn't have our authority to bring this Allen guy in to do any of this stuff that you're doing, which they weren't involved with, and so he he let us use his church facility for Shabbat. He started letting he let us use his church facility for feasts. This lasted for the fall feast. And by the time we got to, right, so we did the fall feast there and we did Hanukkah there and we were doing Shabbat there every week. But by the time we got to Purim in February, honeymoon was over, baby. I had to stop actually physically going to church on Sunday there because the demons were just manifesting in people left and right. So anyway, I bring all this up because I had, I had a, a anyway, they ended up firing this guy a, a year and a half after I stopped going there. A year and a half later, they fired him, and they used me as the example, one of the examples of why they fired him, because as a pastor, he was negligent and allowed a wolf into the sheep pen. But um, You know, when we left that church, when, when, we, when we pulled our uh, association, we, we were there seven or eight months. When we pulled our association from that, those people, my son said, wow, I am so tired. My whole life, all I've heard is people talking crap about you and mom and, and just pooping in your head on your hand you know, in your, you know on you and stuff he didn't use those words and uh, he goes i'm tired of it man he goes you know what the age group of these people it was like they were like 60 to 80 years old and he goes i guarantee i goes i bet you this was their last chance and i was like man that's terrifying and they squandered it and they they said it was it was the de- they said it was demon they said it was Beelzebub, not the holy spirit and um, since so they fired him a year and a half later. This was like last year they fired him a year and a half later. Anyway, we, uh, we split because of the Deuteronomy six thing and he, beginning of the Hebrew roots. They all went to his church, but they didn't last there long, right? Because um, the, there, there was too much controversy in the different types of people. Yeah. So anyway, so I was having lunch with him. I, I, I was having a beer with him the other day. Well, one of these guys, one of the guys that actually sat in on the meeting calling him negligent for letting me, me a wolf in, uh, died shortly after that meeting. 
And he goes, man, I got out of there. I got out of that meeting. As, I mean, he goes, I'm not going. I'm not gone. I'm not going against God's anointed. Those were his words. I should have him. We should have him on the show one of these days. Yeah, yeah we should do that. Good teacher. Fun. So anyway, so we uh, we uh, had um, so we were have drinking a beer the other day, and he was telling me, oh, I ran into so and so, who's gonna they're gonna move to Moab and help start a uh, messianic community there. I'm like, those are the worst people that you can possibly think of. This couple that you know of, that is that are gonna go down and and help start a messianic, you know, and lead them. And I'm like, that those are the last people you should have. Those are the last people that should be leading anybody in anything. Uh, anyway, so, um, and then he goes, oh, and I heard, and they told me about so-and-so he's having, he's having brain issues. He's not doing good. And I'm just like, I, I can't dude. I mean, I warned them. I go, didn't I warn him? And he goes, he goes, your hands are clean. You warned these people from the very beginning, from the very first sit down we had, you warned them. If you bring us in and you do this thing and then you do what they ended up doing, it's going to be so bad for you. What's going to happen to you is going to be so bad. I will not be liable and I will not be responsible because I'm warning you right now. Don't bring us in if you're going to shut us out. Don't bring us in if you're going to say that what we're doing is demonic. All right? Don't do that because if you do that, these are the repercussions. That, this is what's going to happen to you guys. And I go, I warned them. And he goes, yeah, you did. You warned them. Your hands are clean. You have no blood on your hands. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I bring all that up because we were warned. Mario Murillo, prophet to the nations, warned your ass, and you didn't listen. And guess what you're dealing with now? Oh, yeah. You're dealing with stuff. Let me put it this way. If you've done what, they've, if you've done what they're telling you to do, you're so, SO, you're, you're so SOL, dude. What if... Your DNA is altered, and you stand before God, and he goes, I'm sorry, you're not even freaking human. What do you think Genesis 6 is about? How many times have you heard us say, you cannot successfully do Ephesians 6? You can't even understand Ephesians 6, let alone do Ephesians 6, if you don't understand Genesis 6. I mean... You know, if you read the New Testament properly, which a lot of people can't because they don't even know how to read the they, they don't know how to read the Bible. But if you read the New Testament properly, Jesus is basically saying five. I don't know. I haven't counted. I should probably go count. He's only saying like four or five things, but he's saying them over and over and over and over. He's like, okay, they didn't get it. Let me let me try from this angle. Hey, hey. All right, parable of talents. Didn't so he, let's use minas instead of talents, <laughs> right? I mean, they just don't get it. And he says they're not. They're, that's why I speak in parables because it's not for you to know. Because we don't want you to know. Because if you knew, if you understood these, what I'm saying, then you would come to me and you would receive me as Messiah, and then you would be healed. It's not for you to. It's not for you to be healed. It's not for you to understand. Put that in your Christian pipe and smoke it because you're going to choke on it because that doesn't fit into your theology. Lenny, you need to talk a little bit now. You're just sitting there looking pretty. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I don't need I don't need your help. I can trigger myself. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, the interesting thing because just some thoughts are coming into my mind is that there is a line being drawn in the sand 
We've been saying that. For You've been years. saying that since I've known you. That is, but the thing is, is that what they don't realize is that they're uh, taking the name of God in vain. Let's use the commandments. And the reason I say that is, is they're standing on his name saying, this is Jesus when it's not him at all. That's taking his name in vain. That's utilizing his name for superfluous uh, uh, reasons. And it's the second commandment. And actually they're cursing his name. And we talked about that in first Timothy first, where the, with the, where the main body of the Christian church is at, they're not believers. And yet they're calling themselves believers and the false prophets aren't far from them. And here's the thing. You're going to see that hopefully in the next couple of years, we're going to be calling out these false prophets and they're right in the church. And you talk about the civil war that's coming. I remember what back in the Bob Jones days, he goes, hey, there's a civil war coming. And we didn't quite know what that civil war meant, but it's like what Mario Morello is saying. He goes, you're not listening to what righteousness is. It, it's tied to Torah and the false prophets are all within the church. Because that's who they're prophesying to. Well, I quoted Jude last night. Yeah, you did. Which one? Did, what did I quote? You're talking about what Jude said from Balak, right? Balaam right. And, and so, uh, let me let me read that because that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. See, here's the thing that, and see that again. Here's what Christianity doesn't understand. All these things were warned, oh, or yeah. being warned, are are were being warned by the. But like you said, it's the people. It's people in the church, not the world. Yeah, false prophets aren't in the world. No, people. prophets are in the church, not outside. I mean, there are non-believing people with the gift of prophecy prophesying stuff, but they're not calling themselves prophets. That threw the disciples for a loop when Jesus said that in Matthew twenty-four. They didn't. Uh, what? <laughs> it was you know. Yeah. Jesus and Jesus and the writing in the epistles. Okay, let, let me, let's let's remind everybody because we I don't know how many people are watching that or are going to watch that don't have any idea of what is really going on. But your New Testament was written, except for Luke. Your New Testament is written by charismatic Pentecostal uh, law of Moses obeying Jews. And Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, is a charismatic, Pentecostal, tongue-speaking, demon-casting out, you know, dead-raising, speaking in tongues, Jew that didn't eat pork, whose sole reason for existence is to teach Gentiles how to keep God's covenants and commandments, the law of Moses, as Gentiles, now that, you know, Jesus is in the, in the equation. Uh, your pastor can't tell you that because he doesn't know that and he doesn't believe that himself. But anyway, here's what Jude says. We're talking about people in the church. Here's what, here's Jude. I actually, this is actually a song on, on, uh, on one of my albums from 1991 that came out in 1994. And it, Dear friends, I was busily at work writing to you about the salvation we share when I found it necessary to write 
urging you to keep contending earnestly for the faith, which was once and for all passed on to God's people. For certain individuals, the ones written about long ago as being meant for this condemnation, have wormed their way in. Into what? The church. Church. Ungodly people. Can you believe we're like six weeks away from the fall fees? That's crazy. It's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> that was um, good. Yeah, we're like we're gonna be playing at eight thirty or at forty five minutes into. Uh, yeah, the fall feasts are like six weeks away. If you can believe that, and you can get the feasts unlocked twenty percent off through October if you put in fall twenty on the code. And everyone's going to go, oh, I tried the code. It's really easy. Um, check out in the shopping cart. Before you check out, there's a place for your code. Add that code in there, FALL20, F-A-L-L-2-0, and you'll get 20% off your entire order, not just the book. Come on. Baby needs diapers. <laughs> All right. So we're back in Jude, right? Did you have something to say? Go for it. Okay. Tim, Tim's on it. He's already quoting Second Peter. says that the false teachers are, dis- are destructive blots and blemishes uh, and, and, and blemish feast with you. They're like, yeah. They're spots in your feast of charity. Yep, they're spots in your feast gatherings. All right, here's what Jude says. Dear friends, I was busily at work writing to you about the salvation we share when I found it necessary to write, urging you to keep contending earnestly for the faith which was once and for all passed on to God's people. For certain individuals, the ones written about long ago, so we were, see, we were forewarned about these people as being meant for this condemnation have wormed their way in, into the church. Ungodly people who pervert God's grace into a license for debauchery and disown our only master and Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah. We're talking about Christians, people that call themselves Christians, that believe they're Christians who aren't really one of us. I am surrounded by them. You're surrounded by them. Hell, you might even be one. Since you already know all this, ah, see, since you already know all this, my purpose is only to remind you that Adonai, who once delivered the people from Egypt, uh, another version will say Jesus, who delivered the people from Egypt, later destroyed those who did not trust. And the reason why there's a difference here between Adonai and Jesus is because Adonai, my Adonai, Lord, my Lord, David, right? Jesus, my, my, he's, he's talking about Jesus. So, right. Jesus is Adonai. Oh, man, we have so much to teach these people. Do we have the time? Do we even have the skills to unpack all this in, in a timely manner that they can? We need like Vulcan mind mail. We need a Holy Spirit Vulcan mind mail. We can just go and open up their minds to their understanding. That's what Jesus, the last physical thing Jesus did to his disciples was that he opened up their minds. There you go. He opened up their minds to the Torah and the prophets. People are watching this and going, what the hell are they doing? They don't even know it's, they don't even know it's, they, they don't, they think it's, they think it's Vulcan. Anyway, since you already know all this, my purpose is only to remind you that Adonai, or Jesus, who once delivered the people from Egypt, later destroyed those who did not trust. Oops, he just said that Jesus delivered you from Egypt and then had to kill you because you didn't trust and you didn't obey. Isn't that what he just said, Lenny? This is exactly what he said. Right. There's that no, it's the meal. devil. The devil made me do it. Yeah, no. We're, you're tempted by the lust of your flesh, not the devil. Don't, don't blame him. 
He's not, he's, you're doing this to yourself. There's that great meme of Jesus at the door. Let me in. Why? So I can save you. Save you from what? From what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. It's a great meme. And the angels that did not keep within their original authority, that's Genesis 6, but abandoned their proper sphere, he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for the judgment of the great day. Ooh, that means they're going to be unleashed again? Remember? Oh, yeah. You can't do or understand Ephesians 6 if you don't understand Genesis 6. That's what that is. And Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, following a pattern like theirs, committing sexual sins and perversions, lie exposed as a warning of the everlasting fire awaiting those who must undergo punishment. Likewise, right? He's just said, he just, there's your, there's our foundation. Likewise, these people, I love the fact that he says these people because that's politically incorrect in 2021. You can't say these people. Anyway, likewise, these people, what people? The people that have wormed their way into the church, Christians that aren't really Christians, you know them. They could be They're family the tares, members. Remember, They're the yep, tares. tares. They, they could be family not. members. They could be. It could be your freaking pastor. It could be you. These people, with their visions, defile their own flesh, despise despise godly authority, and insult angelic beings. Bam! That's a mic drop. We just saw the mainstream majority church do that in 2020. When Michael, one of the ruling angels, took issue with the adversary, when he took issue with the devil, arguing over the body of Moses. Why is the archangel Michael, who some believe is Jesus, why is the, I, I don't necessarily believe that, why is the archangel Michael arguing with Lucifer over the body of Moses? When Michael one of the ruling angels, took issue with the adversary, arguing over the body of Moses. He did not dare bring against him an insulting charge like many of you do. A lot of you insult demons. You insult Lucifer. You say things you, that never should come, should come out of your mouth. He in, Instead, he said, may Adonai rebuke you. However, these people, here we go, here we go, insult anything they don't understand speaking in tongues healing the sick casting out demons raising the dead prophecy prophets and what they're and what they do understand naturally right what they understand from with with the flesh without thinking like animals by these things they are destroyed Woe to them in that they have walked the road of Cain. They have given themselves over for money to the error of Balaam. They have been destroyed in the rebellion of Korah. These men are filthy spots at your festive feast gatherings meant to foster love. They share your meals without a qualm while caring only for themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by the winds, trees without fruit, Oh, fruitless trees, even in autumn, fig trees, and doubly dead because they have been uprooted. Savage sea waves heaving forth their shameful deeds like foam, wandering stars for whom the blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Yikes. Yikes. Noah. The seventh generation, starting with Adam, also prophesied about these men, saying, Look, 
Adonai came with his myriads of holy ones to execute judgment against everyone, that is, to convict all the godless for their godless deeds, which they have done in such a godless way, and for all the harsh words these godless sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and complainers. They follow their evil passions. Their mouths speak grandiosities, and they flatter others to gain advantage. Don't be like them. We sit here every freaking Tuesday morning giving you everything you need, equipping you with all the things that you need so, as you, so, that, so, that, so that you're not that person. So that you don't have to, you don't have to be that person. You can actually be the exact opposite of that. You can be godly. You can be holy. You can be righteous. You can walk in his precepts. You can walk in his covenants. You can walk in his commandments. You know, I, I have, I know people. <laughs> I actually know people that have gone out of their way to disassociate, to disassociate themselves with me. Um, people that I've known for 20, 30 years, they get to a point where they want nothing to do with me. They want absolutely nothing to do with me. And one of the, here, and I bring, here's why I bring this up because one of the reasons they disassociate themselves with me is they're afraid that they disassociate, they disassociate themselves with me so that I, so that they don't have to suffer the wrath of my tongue <laughs> against the, cho- the really bad choices they make in their lives and in their faith and in their walk with their marriages, regarding their marriages, regarding their children, regarding their businesses, their lifestyle choices, etc. And, 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 and all the compromise that they allow into their lives. Let me give you an example of one such individual. I'm not going to name names, obviously. Um, let me give you an example of one of one such individual. He was charismatic, very powerful and the, the prophetic. I mean, he was like an active member of the faith. He was, he was, you know, he was a very dear, I mean, this is a family friend, a dear, dear, dear family friend. Trusted him with my life, on and on and on and on. And he was proactive and knew the word, knew the Holy Spirit, functioned in the areas of the, of the Holy Spirit, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not going to say that our revelation of coming to Torah separated us, because it didn't. It didn't. And he, he, this, he, cut himself, he, cut, he, he, he cut himself off from me about a year and a half ago, and it hurt, man. I mean, it this one really hurt. And um, here's why I, I know why he did it. Here's why he did it. Well, as he got older and his children grew up, his daughters married men of faith, but of marginal faith. You know, they were, you know, they were normal American Christians. What does that mean? Okay, well, that means they go to church and they tithe and maybe they go to a midweek service. Maybe. That's it. 
that's their marginal. They're just barely on the line. And that's the that's 95% of us. You know, they don't fast. They're not really into the word. They don't really know the word. And they're not necessarily charismatic. They're just traditional Christians. And so both his daughters married men like that. Good guys. I like them. I mean, I don't have a problem with them. You know, they're, they're, good, they're good men. They're good fathers. They're good husbands. They're good Christians. But they're nominal Christians. They're just like right there on the, you know, they're not, they're not changing the world. They're not leading, you know what I'm saying? They're not. And that's okay. Not every, you know, not everybody is an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, or pastor. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about sheep that need to, right? Sheep need to become like Jesus, right? And uh, I'm not saying, oh, well, if you're not an apostle or a prophet, <laughs> I don't want to deal. With, I don't want to hang out with you. It's not what I'm saying. And if you think that's what I'm saying, you're an idiot. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that as a Christian, you can't be on the sidelines. Right? I mean, where does it say that you can do that? It never says that. So here's what happened. His daughters married these type of men, these type of Christians. They're not go-getters. They're not powerful. They don't have spiritual authority. They're not leading their wives in, in communion. They're not leading their children in the, the deeper things of God. Hell, they're not even going after or pursuing the deeper things of God. I guarantee you, 100%, none of them speak in tongues let alone prophesy. Why is that a big deal? Do you, do you want to know why I always bring that up? Because the Apostle Paul did. Go read 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, and don't come back with 1 Corinthians 13 saying, oh, but, but love is a greater gift, because then you're a bigger Muppet than I thought. Don't do that. You don't dismiss two chapters over one verse. That's not even what Paul's talking about. Paul says he wants you to speak in tongues more than he does. He wants you to prophesy more than he does in chapters 12 and 14. Okay, So if, if your apostle to the Gentiles is telling you that and you're still not listening to him, I really don't care what you think about my theology and my doctrine. Kind of like that rabbi guy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I just say that out loud? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Anyway, um. They, I guarantee you they're not speaking in tongues and they're not prophesying, which means they're not on the front lines in their spiritual warfare in their home. And so they're just nominal, marginal. And now, right, so his daughter's married men like that, and now they have kids. And so, so as not to rock the boat, and here's why I know all this, because He's now going to a church, this friend of mine that's no longer my friend, he's now going to a nominal Christian church, a non-charismatic nominal Christian church with his family. See, my friend who's older than me, he didn't lead his family. He didn't lead his family. So because he didn't lead his family, his daughters didn't marry like these go-getter men with spiritual authority that are functioning in the kingdom as kings expanding territory and priests bringing heaven down over that territory. They're just regular nominal Christians, right? I mean, they're a dime a dozen. And if that insults you, well, then stop being a nominal Christian, um, right? And so they weren't going to go, they're not, they're not going to be comfortable going to a charismatic church. 
they're not going to be comfortable going to that type of a church. So to appease them, see, they started going to the church that they were comfortable with. And so they've been doing that for years. So now they've been going to a nominal church. And I guarantee you the reason why he disassociated himself with me was because he knew I was eventually going to say, what the heck's going on here? I would. I was going to start questioning his lack of leadership. I was going to start questioning or asking him, why are you not, you know, why have you gone backwards? If you are here, why have you gone like how many steps back? Like you just went back like 40 years in time with your faith, with your walk. Because see, he's not going to fellowship with, he's not fellowshipping with people that are going to uh, push him forward. He's not going. He's not going to a church that's going to provoke him to anything deeper or mature because they're not even they're not even in the game. And I guarantee you, that's why he disassociated himself with me because he knows me. He knows I'm going to call him out. And so I'd rather not be. I'd rather. I'd rather something drastic to so that I can justify why I'm not going to be your friend anymore, Alan. That's what he, that, he had. That's what that's what they do. They have to do that. They have to like. That's what they have to do. It, it's just what happens all the time. And we've said that how many times have we told you? You know, if you if you're not following God, you stay away from the Aguires. You don't hang out with the Aguires because they'll call you out on your shit. They we just will. And here's why I bring it up. And it, this happens to me all the time. Lenny has seen it happen to me. He knows the people that have done it to me personally himself. Here's why I brought it up, because here's what's fascinating to me. You're not, you don't want to be my friend because you're afraid that I might call you out. What do you think is going to happen to you when you stand before God? Why do you fear me and not God? Why do you think God's not going to do the same to you? Ah, because of grace and mercy. This nebulous grace and mercy, all-encompassing, I can do whatever the hell I want, and I can have, I can be as immature as I want to be as a Christian, and I don't have to do anything because I'm saved by grace, not by works. Oops, that makes no sense. That's a convoluted conversation. There's no logic in what you in, in saying that. And because of this nebulous grace and mercy, God actually isn't going to take me to task for the bad decisions and the ignorance that I walk in. Well, my friends, that's not true. And that's, that's the tares and the wheat, because the wheat, you can make bread that can be eaten. We're, we're, we're supposed to be able to uh, be wheat that can be used by the hand of Adonai so that other people can taste him through us. Heirs have no taste. It says, let them grow up together. At the end of the age, I'm going to send my angels, and I'm going to remove them. And where they, where do they, where's, where do they put them, Lenny? In the unquenchable fire, and they burn them up. So sad. It's so tragic. Yeah. You know, what's his name did that to me? Right? He, he finds me. God actually, you know, he and he—he's the one that said it. I go, I, I was, I'm, I'm never here, and you just, I, there you are. We're like, right, a divine appointment. And he says, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to follow what you're saying. And then seven months later, 
I haven't heard from him in two years. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He used to live up here. Oh, I know. He lives here now. I don't know. So anyway. I, I so didn't give him what he wanted, and he left. Yeah. Curse and me. so this pastor. He didn't really curse me because I wasn't a curse from the Lord. Right. And so this pastor was telling me the other day, literally the other day, about this guy who's done You know, he prophesied that I was going to die wow. in Nepal back then when I didn't give him what he said. And I go, shut up. <laughs> that, that man has lost everything. You know that. I know. Not, not only did he lose his wife, he lost his children. I know. He has no relationship with anything. And he despised godly authority, just like Jude said. So anyway, so my, I bring all this up. The reason why we're talking about this today is because I was thinking about this because my, this pastor friend of mine was telling me that he got some news about one of these guys. And I go, you know, what do you think is going to happen when you do what you do? Of course, of course you're going to be attacked. You're, of course you're going to have some sort of brain issue where the, you know, you know, it's like you can't, you can't say you're going to do God and then not do God. You know, you can, you know, there's people out there that have been saved for 20, 30, 40 years that have gone nowhere. They haven't matured. They haven't grown. They're still believing, trust, uh, let go, let God. I mean, that is, I mean, how, how, how elemental is that, right? Um, am I making fun of that? Pretty much. Um, they, they don't, they're, they're, they're still sucking on the tit. They're still drinking milk. We just read how meat is for the mature. God doesn't want you immature. Proverbs is not for the immature. Proverbs are to mature you. There is no room in the kingdom of heaven for stupid, lazy people. It says that. The guy with the one talent said, I was afraid of you because you're a shrewd guy. He's talking to Jesus. Why is he afraid of Jesus? Because he's a dumbass. And it says, I was afraid. And it says, he wasn't smart enough to put his one talent in the bank. He hid it or buried it. Because, right? So he's afraid and he's not smart. He's lazy and he's stupid and he's cast out. You can't be lazy or stupid in the kingdom of heaven. You won't get there. I guarantee you, if you're stupid and lazy, you're going to make bad choices in life. Your lifestyle and your life choices are going to be really bad. You need to repent of that, right? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Read Proverbs 1 through 10. I didn't write it. Fear God, beginning of wisdom, Keep his commandments, Torah. Heed the cry of wisdom in the street, and you won't be lazy and stupid. That's what it says. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it says. If you don't want to be my friend because you're afraid I'm going to call you out for being an idiot, why do you think God's not going to do the same? And why are you fearing me? Fear God. If I'm going to call you out for being a dumbass, don't you think God's going to? He knows you better than I do. Ugh. I miss that guy, the one I'm talking about. I miss him. <laughs> Whose fault? I say the apostles and the prophets. Stupid and lazy. A's and P's. 
are you saying apostles that there are I hope you're not really saying what you're saying, Michael, because that's like pretty dangerous. Let's see. Acts 26, 18. When you start quoting one verse, standalone verse, I'm very suspicious of your ability to uh you want you want to be careful. I hope I'm misreading your your comment there, Michael. You want to explain yourself? Acts 26, 18. It's um, you're it's in the middle of a sentence. To open their eyes so that they will turn from darkness to light, from the power of the adversary, uh, adversary to God, and thus receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who have been separated from trusting me. Sure, sure, what? <laughs> I know, I know the context of of, of Acts twenty eight, but I know you're from gospel outreach, and there's a you can't blame the apostles and prophets of gospel outreach for anything. I mean, unless they were false apostles. Are you suggesting that there are false apostles and prophets? Read the whole bit. Well, no, I'm not going to read the whole bit. Quote the whole bit. You're the one, you're the one that's talking here. If you're going to comment, you need to comment contextually and make sense because there's people reading and they're going to want to know what you're talking about. Okay. If you want to, you can call them, uh, you, can, you, you do what you want. You're not under my authority. You're, I'm not, I don't have any of that blood on my hands. You better make sure that the that people that are apostles and prophets that you're calling false are false. And then you better have, why am I going to believe you over them? You got to remember, I know two of the highest or knew two of the highest apostles in gospel outreach, just like you did. So, anyway, that's a, an old hippie from Gospel Outreach right there. I love you guys, but a lot of you are, are broken, and that's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. You guys need some healing, man. Get over it and move on. Because what? You know what? You were never related to any of them. I was. And uh, Jim Durkin was a great man. And I, and I am here today because of everything my uncle taught me, regardless of how apostate he is. So see the difference between you and me, Michael? You don't go against God's anointed, no matter how screwed up they are. Take a lesson from David and Saul. Lenny? Yep, I've seen it a hundred times. It's, it's the whining thing of the, the people saying, this is why I won't follow anybody. And it's rebellion. It's Korah at the, at the total base. Do you know there's a reason um, you don't go against the Lord's anointed? Do you realize why Michael did not bring accusation against the devil? Yeah, I think we brought that up about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, you know why? Because he knew what Moses prophesied. Remember, Deuteronomy 32, it says, To the Benai Elohim, I give all these nations to you, but Israel is mine. And you cannot take Israel from me. He didn't have a right to Moses. And he did, and, and it, it, actually, Michael was um, respecting the anointing of Moses' prophecy because that whole prophecy was actually the word of God. And it, he's talking about the other nations being governed by the principalities and powers at that time, right? right? So when you think about Moses' authority to prophesy, and Moses made mistakes. Gosh, we all screwed up. And I've had people curse me. I've seen people curse you. 
because of our mistakes. And yet at the same time, we acknowledge our mistakes. Right. Here, let me, let me, let me jump in here. Michael, I missed, you're saying that I missed the point. I told you I wasn't getting your point and I was asking you to clarify. <laughs> and then he says, I was agreeing with you. Okay. I wasn't, I didn't understand what you were saying. That's why I asked you to clarify. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh yeah, I'm with you, Lenny. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for agreeing with me. I just, I didn't understand what you were saying. I, that's why I was asking you, are you saying what I think you're saying or are you saying something different? And then you went and did what you did, and here we are. Thank you, Michael. Like I said, I love you guys. Michael's an old, uh, geez, uh, an old gospel outreach guy, sat at the feet of Jim Durkin. Yeah, I was at the bluff not too long ago overlooking that. We go up there when we want peacefulness. They have a little bench that overlooks the ocean where the old gospel outreach used to stand. I love it there in Fortuna. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that, Michael. No, I understand what you mean by one finger pecking. That's what I do, too. Lenny was saying, Lenny lives near the old lighthouse ranch, and he actually goes to the property. To share with us real quick, Lenny, you go to the property. What do you, what do you, what do you discern when you get there and all that? Um, when me and Linda went the first time, I'm going, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was like we were walking on air. You know, it's totally, there's nothing there, but they have like this trail with the history of it. Remember, I sent you the pictures of uh, the old uh, lighthouse and everything, and that talks about the the saints and Jim Durkin and everything that raised it up. And we go there when we just want to get away and feel the peace of the Lord. And it still resides there. It resides on that bluff. Wow. It's amazing. That's good. Well, if it wasn't for Gospel Outreach, if it wasn't for Jim Durkin, if it wasn't for my uncle, Carlos Ramirez, I would not be here today. It's like when uh, Paul was telling Timothy, you know, there's that gift from your grandmother, right? It's like, I, if it wasn't for Jim Durkin's dead, my uncle's apostate, and... Um, you know, but it, if it wasn't for men like that, you know, you know, I got, I got my apostolic. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. I got my apostolic anointing from <laughs> Olin Griffin, who got his from my uncle, because my uncle wasn't around to give it to me by, by the time he came around to getting it. You know what I mean? I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I don't talk about that stuff because, well, a lot of people aren't mature enough to hear that. What? Alan just called himself an apostle? Uh, he thinks he's a prophet? But didn't he grow up right here? He played with our children. What? He must be kidding. No, that's Keith Green. Hey, Lenny, we uh, got through another show, and there was some good meat there. Hopefully they can... Uh, not a whole lot of bones to spit out. A lot of meat. Nope. All right. Here's, hey, here's the verse to close with. It's uh, Psalm 107.2. David giving the same instruction that you gave this whole time. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's more than just a song. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. Amen. That's what we're to declare. Amen. You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre.
The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.